a drone attack. Artificial intelligence decides on the target, decides over life and death. Increasingly, it also selects who is going to be invited to job interviews or not. And who is put behind bars and who gets out on probation. It's five o'clock in the morning. It's still dark outside. Time to work and to talk with the leading expert in AI ethics in Australia. Kate Crawford studies the social impact of artificial intelligence, which is becoming more and more important to our everyday lives. Why is injustice still produced, although developers have the power to minimize it? In many ways that we are training the technical systems of the future on the historical data of the past. And along with that comes all of the biases and structural inequalities of those periods. So this is a, a fundamental problem that we see in terms of the way that artificial intelligence works. And for example, studies that I have done in the past looking at things like predictive policing software, which in many cases is trained on police data that contains many forms of you know, racial inequities. So if you are a black person being judged by some type of either you know, uh, profiling software or predictive policing software, the likelihood that you are receiving fair treatment actually goes down. So what is the solution? We think of these problems as engineering problems, as though when we see these forms of inequality being enhanced by AI, that what we can do is come up with a technical fix to try and simply modify a system to address it. But in actual fact, this is again part of this core myth of artificial intelligence has somehow removed from society as pure math. The opposite is true. These are systems that are in themselves you know, profoundly embedded in all of those systems of labor, of data, and of the environment. So if we're going to address profound issues of inequality, we need to see them as social first, rather than as engineering problems. In the future, AI systems could become ever more closely intermeshed. So for example, my bank might make assumptions about my health on the basis of information about what I tend to eat. Make making it potentially difficult to get a long-term loan. Where do we have to draw the line? What do you think from your point of view? I think the lines are very different depending on what spaces we're talking about. In many cases, I look to the existing regulatory structures that we have in something like the healthcare domain. Do we need to come up with a totally new different set of rules for AI? Or can we simply adapt the sorts of sector-specific regulations that we already have? And, and my sense, certainly at the moment, is that really just Growing from the sector-specific laws and regulations we already have is the way to go. AI doesn't respect national borders, yet there are no shared international rules about its use. In the EU, data protection laws are relatively stringent compared to the United States. And in China, there are hardly any curbs on the use of AI. At the moment, we don't really have a body that's doing that. There's a very new one called the Global Partnership on AI. But again, it's very early days. It's less than a year old. And the sorts of work that it's doing is entirely voluntary. People can choose to sort of follow those norms as they wish. The EU wants international guidelines on AI weapons. Some other countries don't. The bottom line, those who stand to benefit from AI want to keep that edge. 
that is a transfer of power to the already powerful. We're seeing a sort of an increase in these power asymmetries towards already powerful institutions and corporations. So these are the ways in which I see artificial intelligence as intensifying already existing dynamics of power inequality in society.